It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. As we gear up for another exciting fall sports season, Dr. Albana will again host a Monday walk-in clinic to evaluate acute orthopedic sports injuries for adolescent and high school athletes. Dr. Albana, orthopedic and sports medicine surgeon at Memorial Healthcare, will be assisted by certified PA Tara Rakoski and certified athletic trainer Alan Getzinger. Whether you're dealing with sprains, strains, bruises, or any other athletic mishaps, Dr. E and his highly skilled team can get you back on your feet and back in the game. The clinic will be held every Monday through October 16th from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics on North Shiawassee Street in Owasso. For more information, call 989-541-BONE or visit memorialhealthcare.org. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for episode 278 of the Three Point Podcast, presented by the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. Check out memorialhealthcare.org for everything they offer. Sign up for October 21st, Go Green, Go Blue, 5K Run Walk. Sounds like a lot of fun for all the Spartans and Wolverines out there. We also want to thank our local partners, AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. We're going to have a special guest tonight, Casey Smith of Z92.5 and the band Chi-Town. We'll uh, catch up with him in our prep spotlight, but as we always like to do, we like to play a little catch-up. Yeah, so I, I had a, this is, listen, this is maybe the most embarrassing catch I've ever had. It's really not much of a story. It just shows kind of how lame. I really am. <laughs> so Thursday, Thursday night, I'm bored. Uh, back into town. It's my three-year anniversary. And what do I find myself doing bored on a Thursday night is I'm just cruising, cruising around. <laughs> I find myself uh, tuned into Z925 The Castle to listen to Ted's and Bart's call, which I tell you what, Thursday night, I, this opening weekend every year feels like there's tornadoes or it's blistering it hot. There's always some uh, big old problem with the weather. Um, but I tell you what, that for those first couple hours what, that they were able to get that first half in of Owasso uh, versus Ian Rabbits, Wilman Field just looked magical. As mm-hmm. a, and I was kind of blowing my mind as like a three-year-old toddler driving by, seeing if Ted's call was synced with what was happening on the field. Um, Probably it wasn't, was it? Probably perfectly. So oh, I did. Awesome. But, but the reason I bring this up, one, you guys are a great duo, Ted, as we've always said, you and Bart. Um, you guys don't really cover much of the game. It's kind of almost like a podcast that, that, that a game broke out during. Um, which I always appreciate that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about being entertaining, and I appreciate that. Oh, cool. Um, 
But the biggest thing of this was, my God, I thought you guys were going to die up there in the booth. Every minute or so, you kept hinting at the fact how hot it was. Almost like you wanted the listeners at home to come and like bring you like a, a, a bag of ice or in a, in a fan or something. Every other minute, it's talking about how hot they were in this press box. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Whatever you say can't be as embarrassing as, as what my weekend was listening to you. But um, explain to me what this seventh layer of hell was up in this press box because, my God, it sounded like hell on earth. Yeah. So wait, this is so this is what it's come to in um in your your swan song basically your retirement on in the radio complaining about how hot it is in the press box. Are you going to start talking about like the lack of concessions and stuff? Like, right. is that is this is is this what the broadcast has come to? It's you know I I've turned into the typical grumpy old man. You could tell that. <laughs> I will say this: How did this turn into an embarrassment for Jared? It sounds like more I should be embarrassed for talking about the weather constantly like no, i think I... No. it's embarrassing because you know i got a night off i got a three-day weekend for once and how do i spend it i spend oh. it sitting in my car driving past wilman field like um like something out of like a 1990s rom-com like high school dropout movie or something so that's, that's I mean, embarrassing about it i'll be honest I, I get what you're saying yeah some people might be like man you got to do something else with your your yeah like you said you finally got a weekend off I when I mean you're a little closer than I am, but whenever I'm back in town, I like to drive around too. I mm-hmm. mean, even if just for a quick 10, 15 minutes, you know, see what else is, see what new stores there are, see what right. construction there is around town, see, you know, how things have changed a little bit. So I get that, especially on a Friday night or that was a Thursday night, if there's a local game going on. Yeah, like I, I probably would have wanted to do the same thing and you know, get grab a coffee at Foster's or, you know, you go, sure. go do some of that local stuff or something like that. So I get it, especially man, a game at Wilman. I, it's been a while since I've been there for a game. It, it would have been hard for me not to stop and like stop and, and watch from behind the fence or something right. like that. I will say this. And I, it's my only comment I'm going to make on the the weather. And I probably did overdo it a bit, but I'm not, I'm not kidding you guys. Almost 40 years of doing this. There have been some hot openers in a press box. This is the hottest, and maybe it's because I'm out of shape. I don't know, but I was absolutely, completely drenched. I mean, just drenched. <laughs> you know, it was it was 90 degrees, 100 percent humidity, and they don't have a window back behind you, so you have no breeze at all. <laughs> and and Bart and I, we're not we're not really small fellas, so we were both feeling the pain. So yeah, and, oh. and like I said, you got to paint the picture. <laughs> right, you got to paint the picture. So yeah, when when you guys are behind on plays and stuff, people at home got to know it's because you're about to pass it out was, because it's so hot. They were like, I kid you not, like I'm like kind of laughing at myself. I'm circling this football field, listening to with this the air conditioned blaring in your car <laughs> right. for about ten minutes. Like it's really that hot. I don't, I don't get it. At one point, Ted literally looks at Bart and he goes. Yeah, I tell you what, I'd rather it be minus 50 degrees out than this. I'd rather be it, at the end of this year semifinal before the Ford Field than be out that, here in this That's heat. a fact. I no, couldn't say that. Actually, I just couldn't that, believe it. That's a fair comment. I mean, people talk about that all the time. Whether you're calling a game or you're actually playing football, would you rather play in that kind of heat, 90, 100, you know, over 100 with humidity or this the freezing cold? Playing in blazing hot weather like that is just, it's, it's not fun. You're just pouring sweat. I sweat like crazy anyway. So pouring sweat, it's getting in your eyes. If you've got eye black on or whatever, it's, you know, that's getting into your eyes or whatever. You're just trying to drink enough water, but that's not even doing anything. Yeah. That, that kind of heat, it is kind of crazy. I will tell you guys, I did have a little bit of a revelation that I thought, 
you know, coming back and doing the first game of the year, am I going to start feeling like I regret and I'm stepping away? Uh, but no, no, I had the no. epiphany. I had the epiphany that, yeah, even though I'm going to miss some of it, it's 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 become a lot tougher to gear up for a game. I mean, you, right. you know what I mean? It, it just, yep. has, it is. That's all. Well, you, you've even said it's just the... Everyone thinks it. Everyone thinks it's all glamour, right? You know, Ted, right. the sports guy on the radio. Oh, yeah. You know, free admission, free food, and just all access and all this. But like you've said, you've got to lug the equipment, right? And you know, you've got to put in the the homework. You know, if you you have a high standard, you're not just going out there and winging it. So you're putting in True. the work, so you know the rosters. Yeah, it, it's not just walk up and the every everything set up for you. Click the mic on and call the game. There's a lot more to it than that. So. I can appreciate that. Yeah, and I am kind of looking forward to, you know, the, the other Corona games on the radio that I'm going to sit in as the third mic. It's going to be kind of cool that I don't have to do all that homework. I can right. I can still have the best seat in the house. I can still have fun with Bart and Casey, throw a comment or two out there. It's all good. So yep. it'll, it'll keep me at least in it, just like my regular job that I'm semi-retired from. Seems like I put more time into this podcast than I probably should, but that's, <laughs> that's the way it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, it's one of those things too. I bet, like, you're you're doing it enough to like keep that. I don't know, keep the interest going, right? Like, if you just cold turkey quit, then maybe that would be a little harder to be like, oh man, I really do miss this. But yeah, you know, like like you've said, you could even in a year or two, you could probably hit up Casey and be like, hey, you mind if I come up to the box and be the third mic? And they'd be like, sure, why not? Right, and I don't mind being the, like the the call on guy. You know, I'll be the sub if he has a conflict or Bart has right. a conflict. I'll I'll be the guy that can kind of fill in. You know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit, guys. And let's all three of us talk just a little bit about it in this segment. The Pep Pigskin Preview Program. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, not to again pat ourselves on the back, but there's no doubt our sixth annual was our best. It was it was really really good. I think. Great it is. support it, from the people, the different media people and different pe- guests we had on. I thought everything flowed well. Kudos to you yeah, for, for sure. putting it all together. I mean, it, it it was awesome, I think. Oh, yeah. And it, it's a fun one to put together because I just get to listen to all these dudes, you know, or people preview, you know, their area. And so, yeah, we definitely appreciate all the, the experts and media members taking a little time out and giving us their segments for the show. 100%. But yeah, it always goes over well, and it continues to grow a little bit, especially as we get different guests on. We, we had a couple different people this time. It, it really is. Like you said, not to toot our own horn, pat ourselves on the back, but it's such a cool listen. You know, it always ends up being about maybe an hour 15, hour 20, something like that. Flip it on, and you get a preview of the whole state. And, you know, mm-hmm. you get a good look at what, you should be looking for this fall in high school football, the whole state, all the way up to the UP, all the way to the thumb Detroit, you know, Jared, you did an awesome job covering the Detroit area. So um, no, it's really cool. You know, it's one of those that, you know, you texted Ted that when you started listening to it, you all, you got like goosebumps a little bit Mm -hmm. when when I'm editing it, I I do a little bit, you know, I'm like, I'm putting it together. And cause some of those people, when they start talking, they get a little fired up when they're like previewing. So I, you know, I do too. Then especially, you know, it helps when in in two two or three of the segments, you know, people were talking about Corona. Yeah. So that, that kind of added a little bit this year, oh, yeah. you know. So yeah, it, no, was, it was very cool. It is awesome, Matt. You do you do a freaking phenomenal job. It and and what what I noticed this year, and it's funny how you say our six is our best, is I'll second that. I, I you know, not that I remember each of them that we've done along the years, but 
I'd like probably 10 plus people reach out to me about it, which I, people never reach out to me about this podcast for anything. And so the fact that 10 people reached out to me said, dude, this is an awesome pod. I can't believe you guys do this. It's really cool. Like that, that's awesome. And you guys are the ones that put in a lot of that legwork for that pod, you especially, Matt. So it turned out awesome. I will say one thing that people kept mentioning to me uh, a couple of days, I, had, I think I had three or four people text me about this. So obviously I was very high on Dan Roan. So they were beating Davison uh, 14 to zero on Thursday. Then the game got suspended. Now me, you would think, and uh, getting to play a quarter against the Dan Roan coach team and then have giving them a whole night to dissect that first quarter of film, you would think that that would lead to a victory, but they ended up blowing the lead. Uh, and so I had a lot of people kind of laughing at me. Oh, where's Don, Dan Roan now? Fair <laughs> guy. What happened? What, what's this? What's that? So I will say that that's kind of a, a big L I took, at least in, in game number one this year from that prep preview was how high I was on DSL. Yeah, but well, again, you, tells you people are listening to you, though, too. Yeah, yeah, they, they, that's a good thing. If people know you blew it, well, okay, at least you <laughs> listened. And you, you did mention uh, it was like, I, I forget exactly what you said, but, you know, you said something like, you have a different appreciation for those media members, you know, like a Jason Hutton or, you know, like Brandon green or like Sam Ali who fire out theirs basically in one take, they just fly through and, you know, yes, you, you did do a really good job with Detroit, but you know, you, you mentioned you struggled through it a little bit, you know, yeah. kind of like probably Ted says when people jump into the booth, into the booth and try and do play by play, they can, they can just do it. There's a lot more to it than just, you know, flipping on the mic and doing it, but no, yeah. it's a cool show. Well, I loved it. I love the fact too that I noticed on our three point podcast uh, social media page, we've picked up a lot of new followers too. You know, from all over the yeah. state, which which was really cool to see. Uh, before we end this segment, guys, I know Matt, your daughter, I think started uh, second grade. Second I got two grade. granddaughters. One started school today. One starts tomorrow. So nice. The cycle begins, right? It's always a crazy. You know, we we talk about it with football season. It's almost like you know, summer ends so abruptly when football starts. And it's kind of that same way when, when school starts, because, you know, it's just summer, 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 going to the pool, going to the park, waking up whenever, going to bed a little later, then all of a sudden, boom, we're into that school routine. And, you know, it's just, it, it's crazy how fast it goes, Ted. You definitely remember it very oh, yeah. well. And it's just yeah. like, man, second grade already. It seems like she was just, you know, toddling around like our son is right now. So, it's exciting though. She's she's crazy excited for it. Like your like your grandkids probably are too. No, I got four granddaughters. Oh, sorry, Jared. I was just going to throw this in there. I got four granddaughters. How important was her outfit for the first day of school? I mean, she had it planned for like a week or two. She has the whole week planned. She has every day planned of what she's going to wear this week. So she's she's getting to that age where she classic. Wants to, yeah, plan her plan her clothes. Did you guys always used to? Because I remember when I was a kid. I tell you what, I loved school. I always loved school. I did too. Through college, I, I couldn't wait for school to start. Once you get to August and it's like football practice is going, you have two a days. And then even the days where you have just one practice without school, it's like next thing you know, practice is four and a half hours because there's nothing to stop you from practicing <laughs> all damn day. Um, I always loved it because it meant one, it meant practice for football was going to be two and a half hours, then you're out. Mm-hmm. And it was also, I, I just always loved going to school. And, you know, like you said, the, the, the first day of school outfit was always a big deal. Now, what, what sucked for me uh, coming into, like, sophomore, junior, senior year is we would have football practice um, in the morning on that very first day of school. Oh, so it's like you show up and you're wearing, like, workout clothes. It's, like, not, <laughs> not exactly the glamorous entrance you, you had envisioned. But uh, yeah. what, did you, what did you guys used to wear? Like, what was your style your senior year, Matt? Do you remember what you wore to school your first day? 
I mean, I, I can admit I was definitely, uh, you know, the typical mall stores for us back then, like the Abercrombie and Fitch and, you know, American Eagle, those typical stores. That, that's what I was all about. You know, I wanted to wear the polo or wear, you know, the, the graphic tees and stuff. That's cargo, cargo pants, you know, were big back back when I was in school. But, yeah, it was a big deal. You wanted to show up looking nice, you know, because yeah, you, you hadn't seen some of those people in a few months. So you got to look nice. Yeah, that was the cool thing. You know, you might see some of them at the fair that kind of right. kind of what whetted your appetite to get back together with everybody. But <laughs> yeah, but uh, back to the fashion, you know, I, I always, you know, the big thing when I was in school was got to had got to have a new pair of Levi's. You know, we had Levi jeans and then <laughs> I used to, and then button down short sleeve shirt. That was kind of the look, you know, at that time. Bell bottom jeans, by the way. The varsity Levi's. jacket, right? Varsity jacket when it cooled off for sure. Yeah, that's the other thing. I think we talked about it on this podcast a while back, but seems like at least in in our area or Corona, varsity jackets are kind of out, you know. And, and we couldn't wait to get a varsity jacket. It's crazy too because I actually I actually did not get one. I just chose not to. I always mm-hmm. now looking back, I almost wish I would have. Um, but I, I, at the time, whatever, I, I just chose not to, I always thought they were super cool though, especially for the athletes who did, you know, like wrestling, swimming track, mm-hmm. and they're just walking around clang, 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 everywhere. medals on the back yeah. of their jacket. <laughs> I mean that, cause that's what I always think. Like I'd get like the one medal if we won conference in basketball, <laughs> I'd get the one medal if we won comp, you know, I didn't have very many medals. So that, that was always one thing. But I always thought, yeah, varsity jackets were cool. I thought those. If I was a like a freshman that made the varsity team or something like that, I, maybe I would have considered getting one. It, it just wasn't – they're not what they were back in Ted's Day. You didn't need to have one. Right. And what it was – and I always grew up like, oh, you get those for free. You know, like you always oh, as soon as you're on varsity, like they hand one out to you or something. They give you uh, a letter. That's not what happens. <laughs> they're like $400. And right. so – my mom would always say, yeah, I'll get you one, but it's like, that's going to be your main Christmas gift. So what? Uh, no, I'm not <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't want that. So no, I, I never had one. Yeah. Okay. You know, things were different in my time. I mean, you know, they had the varsity club that, you know, there was actually a club that everybody that was a varsity athlete uh, participated <laughs> in, you know, and I couldn't wait. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to letter in baseball freshman year. So Man, I had that I had that varsity jacket all set for sophomore season, man. It was Heck it, yeah. It was the Especially, coolest thing. Yeah, like like you guys said, if you're a freshman or, or you're on varsity early, yeah, you want to get that varsity jacket. You want to be showing off. Hey, I'm a sophomore. Look at my letter. Chick Heck yeah. Chicks dug the varsity jacket back then. Yep. <laughs> Just if like you had a girlfriend, I, I don't know, you give them your jacket to wear, you know. That's a did did so it was big in, in our day football to give somebody you would give them the the jersey you're not wearing for your game. You would give right. your girlfriend or you know someone else to wear to school that Friday. Mm-hmm. That was a huge deal for us. Who was showing up to school wearing your jersey? You know, <laughs> like sometimes it was kind of a statement. If someone showed up, it'd be like, oh, ooh, it so really, was. So, it really so, was. so it was still a thing for you, Jared. I didn't know if that left. I think it's still a thing to this day. Yeah. I, I, it, I I wouldn't be surprised. Was that a thing in your day, Ted? Ah, uh, gosh, I can't remember. Are you saying that? Just you would be surprised who would be wearing your jersey. No. Well, I'm just oh. saying, like you know, if if you were if you were dating someone, obviously you're probably oh, giving it right. to your girlfriend. But you know, right, sometimes right. you know some some people would kind of rotate who they give their jersey to, and mm-hmm. if so someone else showed up with it, it'd be like, oh man, you know, so and so is wearing this guy's jersey this week. All right, might be a cat fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, it really is kind of funny how that's like how it would work. It's like if you if you were wearing a guy's jersey, like that's like you guys were dating 
Right. And I remember like, <laughs> I, I didn't really think anything of it. I would just kind of hand it out. Somebody asked me if they could wear it. Sure. You can wear it. I don't really care. And yeah. like, I remember it would always be like the, that Friday night or something. My mom would be like, Whoa, this person's wearing your Jersey. You guys dating? Like, no, literally <laughs> it just, I mean, nothing. There means nothing. <laughs> this game means nothing. So that just shows you that it's like, it transcends generations, man. It's, if you were wearing somebody's jersey, it's it's a big deal. So, wow. well, I could tell we're all all excited. High school football is upon us, right. and uh, we're we're gonna have fun. And you know, I think in the in this podcast, we'll talk a little bit about the Tigers. But you know, after tonight, it's gonna be mostly football, football, <laughs> football here on this podcast, no doubt about it. And we're gonna talk a little football with our special guest Casey Smith in our prep spotlight coming up right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesonine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. AZ Branding Solutions is a multimedia business in the heart of downtown Owasso, Michigan. They'll grow your brand from A to Z with the area's best in printing garments, film, and vinyl. They also offer custom embroidery service and promotional materials. AZ Branding Solutions is much more than a print shop. Spread your brand message with their expertise in web design, video production, and graphic design. They can also help you with social media and audio visuals, including podcasting. Get details online at info at azbiz.com. Give them a follow on Facebook and the other socials. Grow your brand with AZ Branding Solutions. Jacobs Insurance Agency has served Shiawassee County and the surrounding area since 1977. Just like Three Point Podcast, they've had three generations. Gary Jacobs Sr., Gary Jacobs II, Brian Jacobs, and Noah Jacobs working for you. Jacobs Insurance Agency is a big supporter of our area schools and our sponsor of the Prep Spotlight. With offices in Waterford and in Owasso on M21 just west of Home Depot. Stop in or go online to jacobsinsurance.com to get a quote or get your questions answered by one of their industry pros. Insure everything, local, independent, and trusted. It's the Jacobs family working together to protect yours. Jacobs Insurance Agency. All right, guys, it's now time for the Prep Spotlight presented by Jacobs Insurance Agency. And before we take a look at last week's high school football games, we've got a special guest. And speaking of high school football, we have Casey Smith on. He uh, is going to be taking over play-by-play duties at Z92.5 The Castle. He's taken over the microphone for me after almost 40 years. But, Casey, we got you in there on Friday afternoon for the second half of that Owasso game. First of all, how did that feel? And are you all ready for... Uh, Chesanine at New Lothrop Friday night. I am ready. I will say you scared me a little bit on the drive over because you were like, <laughs> I've never, I've never been more hot in my life. I was sweating through my shirt. I was sweating through my shorts. I was like, what am I getting into in this press box? It's like a sauna, <laughs> but it was, uh, it was a little cooler. Uh, I think you and Bart said that it was, it was a little bit easier, but it was super fun. It was cool getting to see, uh, see you two guys work. Cause I mean, like you're truly like veterans of, of radio broadcasting you've been doing it for forever how long it was cool to see you guys just in sync with one another and um, i'm super excited to get started and, and get working 
Well, I think you're going to really enjoy working with Bart. And the, the one thing you got to be prepared for, he'll throw out uh, references that you'll go, what in the hell are you talking about? Because I don't pick up about half of them. So just roll with it. Yeah, those will go over my head, but I'll get better. Is, is there any sense of uh, maybe worries, not right, the word, right word, nervousness, having to fill the shoes of, you know, local legend, D925, the sports guy, Ted Patel, is it kind of hard stepping into the booth knowing that he's walking out? I mean, yeah, it's definitely hard. Like, people are probably going to be like, well, this guy sucks. Like, where'd they find this guy? But, uh, I mean, Ted's been super good at – I mean, he's emailed me a bunch of stuff. He's let me sit in on games before. I sat in on a couple basketball games last year. Um obviously the football game last week. So he's been nothing but helpful. And I know I just got to learn with time. It's not going to be perfect right away, but got plenty of, plenty of games to do it. So, yeah, I think Ted would be the first one. And he has said this on the, on the podcast when he goes back and listens to his first few games that you almost want to delete them. You know, everyone, <laughs> you know, it's a learning curve, obviously. So kind of along those lines, what, what have you, have you like studied Ted's tapes? Um, We've interviewed uh, Dan Miller, We've interviewed uh, Jesse Goldberg Strassler, who yep. does play-by-play for the Lugnuts. Uh, the guy, Zach Linfield, who called play-by-play for Michigan football last year. So everyone kind of has their way they go about it. What has kind of been your process? Are you just going to go out there and do your thing? Or, you know, have you kind of – did you No, study definitely not winging it. That would not go well. Uh, <laughs> I This is going to sound weird. I've thrown on some games at home. It's obviously when, uh, when I'm home alone, my girlfriend's not home. <laughs> because she would think I'm weird throw the throw some games on the TV mute the TV and then I just kind of call the game as as it's happening um whether that works or not I don't know but it gets me at least a little bit more comfortable with like the speed of football because it is I'm more used to basketball just because that's what I filled in more a little bit last year but like the speed of football is just a little different it's kind of a lot more rapport with you and your um partner a little bit so honestly yeah that's kind of what I've been doing and then I've listened to some games from last year that Ted did um, on the three-point pod replay. So that's helped too, definitely, for sure. What's the hardest part of announcing a game now that you've kind of dipped your toe in and now you're going full bore at this? What's the hardest part of announcing a game that you didn't realize would be that difficult before you started? I mean, definitely keeping up with the speed of things. And then also I would say, like, when you watch a game at home and there's a big hit and you're like, oh, whoa, like just being like a mega fan, like right. kind of got to be a little more reserved when you're when you're maybe on the radio and, and things like that. Right. And, yeah. you know, definitely like everyone, everyone has biases and stuff that creep in. So just kind of keeping it neutral and giving everyone a fair shake, which is what the, everyone deserves, really. Well, you got you got the right attitude at it. And, and like I've mentioned to you, I'm certainly not going to be looking over your shoulder. My main main tip for you is just be yourself. Uh, pretend you're talking to a blind person. You know, you got to describe everything out there because they can't see what's going on and and you'll figure it out. Like you said, I mean, it'll, it, you know, it, you'll find your own niche. You'll find your own style. And just a little tip on doing football compared to basketball. Basketball, you know, you're just going from each side of the court up and down, you know, trying to keep up with the action of football. You'll find yourself to be trying to call the play right as it's going on but you'll you'll find it be more effective if you just are a beat behind the play so you can watch it and then describe it that that's right. about the only tip i'm going to give you yeah i know you've said that before that you just just kind of let things happen and then if you're 
a couple seconds behind, people at home can't tell. They're not watching live. Exactly right. That's what blows my mind about the guys on TV. Like the really good guys on TV, like they're on it the second stuff is happening. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you got to think about you, you see cameras often get faked out by a triple option, you know? Yeah. So, cause they're trying to follow the action as it happens. So that's an interesting yeah. tip from, from Ted. I, I hadn't really ever thought about it. The kind of, cause yeah, you don't want to be calling out. Oh, he hands the ball off over the right tackle. And next thing you know, they're going over the left tackle up the sidelines for a touchdown. And you're right. Like, Wait, never mind. They're actually going right. the other way. So you don't want to do that. Uh, where where's the interest come come from? Like, you know, you obviously you're a teacher at Karana. You, you know, we'll probably get into it a little bit, but you're you're in the band Shy Town, who, you know, you guys have been on on the podcast before. You have other interests, obviously. Is this just kind of a hobby, or have you always kind of wanted to get into this? I mean, it's always been cool, like, seeing Ted and then uh, his partner during the basketball season is my dad, Joe Smith. So it's always been cool kind of just seeing them, like, be around high school sports and stuff. And it definitely, like, just gets you involved in the community a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, Ted goes to any high school sporting event. And how many people do you know? 50? Like, you you just know everybody. Like, my my dad's the same way. He'll go to a, a basketball game and he knows, you know, the people that are there all the time. And so, like, that kind of started it. And then... I don't know, it was probably maybe three or four years ago, Ted reached out and just said, hey, like, when I'm done doing this, is this maybe something you'd be interested? And I never really thought of it, but it's like, yeah, you know what? I think that would be kind of cool. So past couple of years, kind of been getting my feet wet a little bit, jumping in on some games here and there. If I wasn't into it and if I didn't like it, I would have told Ted, like, this really isn't for me. I'm I'm just going to – you can find someone else. But it was something I really enjoyed right from the start. So yeah. it was kind of a – the perfect fit you got he's doing a great and i say this all kind of a little bit sarcastically but i'm gonna say it anyway he's doing a great job bringing you in kind of under your wing but is there kind of a part of you that there's sort of like a haze hanging over this season knowing that like he can't you know he's gonna jump in on games when he wants to he's coming to the big games and not the ones that aren't big games corona games now corona games. <laughs> is there a cloud over over this year knowing that you know you kind of got joe paterno on his like one last season on his way out <laughs> joe paterno Oh, are you calling? Are you uh, calling me? Uh, saying <laughs> no, uh, whoever it was McGloin or whatever it was that took. I don't even remember the guy's name. That wasn't the right comparison, is there? <laughs> but is there a sense of like just he's kind of waiting in the wings behind you? Are you excited for the days when you can kind of spread your wings and fly and, and form your own thing at the castle? As much as you appreciate his guidance now, are you looking forward to those days? I mean, looking forward, I guess, yeah, like when I'm, you know, five years right. down the road. But, like, he's done a good job of, like like I said, he has all the contacts. So he's emailing the ADs, the coaches, hey, like, here's what can we get your rosters. Here's what we need. Here's when we'll be there. So I just kind of get to show up, call the game, and right. let him worry about all that stuff, which <laughs> which is nice for now, me being, you know, new to it all. Well, we're definitely looking forward to it, Casey. I know that uh, the microphone will be in good hands, so uh, looking forward to listening. Especially, you got a good matchup, Chesney and New Lothrop, right out of the gate Thursday night. So uh, I won't be looking over your shoulder. I won't be in the box. So <laughs> you are on your own for that one. Now, another one, another thing that you're very comfortable with is obviously a drummer of Shy Town. You guys have really uh, got a great reputation out there, and you've got a huge September coming up. Talk about the band a little bit. Yeah, we're just coming off of the month of June, July, and August. We had about 20, 21, 22 shows. Um, so we were super busy this summer playing some like super awesome gigs. Um, 
we just played at MIS a couple weeks ago uh, for the NASCAR race. That was like peak, the highest we'll ever get. Like in my opinion, it, it was awesome. It was the crowd was like literally in the palm of our hand. Like it, it was, it was an awesome experience. Like something that like a lot of, like you guys both played sports at a really high level, like the crowd just feeding off of you. Like it was like that to a T like anything we did, they were just feeling it and it, it was awesome. And then yeah, this September we have, eight or nine shows in September. We're going to um, Arts, Beats, and Eats uh, next Sunday, like the Sunday of Labor Day, um, which is a huge festival in Royal Oak. There's like 12 stages. It goes on all day. We played there last year. We're back there again. It's always nice when people want you back. You feel like you're, <laughs> yeah. you feel like you're doing well. And then from there, we go to Pittsburgh, where we're there for three nights, um, playing at a bar down there that we've played before. Pit Panthers are home. I'm, I can't remember who they're playing, but they're home that Saturday. We'll be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then one of our biggest shows of the year that we've played two years in a row is Big Country Fest in Frankenmuth, which is uh, Saturday, September 30th, I think is the day. And that's like 3,000 people at Frankenmuth um, in the pavilion over there. And that's like honestly one of the highlights of our year because it kind of ends the summer cycle for us where we kind of take some time off. But yeah. it's like one of the higher points of, of our touring uh, schedule, I guess you could say. What was the MIS show like? Because I've, I've been there for Faster Horses uh, when it's just like a DJ and people are going nuts over that. And I saw the pictures. I saw the video. It looked like one hell of a party. Was it the rowdiest crowd you've ever, you've ever performed in front of? Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. Before we even started, we had guys coming up to us saying, you're the so you're the band tonight. Right. And we were like, yeah. And they're like, so we'll run security. We'll make sure people aren't going too crazy. And we're like, you know, we're used to playing, you know, kind of bars and stuff where people right. aren't going too crazy. And we're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm glad they were there because people were on each other's shoulders like the second we started and people were running around, climbing up on the gate, trying to get up onto the stage. It was it was pretty nuts. But at the same time, you kind of love that. Like yeah, you want right. them to be feeling it. You want them to be into the music. And, you know, it's just, it's a super cool environment down there. I've never been down there except for the state cross country meet. So seeing it for what it's like truly meant to be like a NASCAR party kind of yeah. atmosphere. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Not, not to take anything away from that, but it's crazy to think that like at its peak in like, you know, whatever the eighties, mid nineties, when they had stands all the way around the whole track, Think about oh, yeah. how many people were there back then compared to now. I'm not taking anything away from what you were talking about, but um, oh, yeah, no, yeah. So, have you guys thought, ever been to a NASCAR race? Yeah, I have. I've not. mentioned it on here before. I've I've been to MIS, the mm -hmm. August race. I don't know, ten or ten or more times, quite a few times. Oh, that's, he, yeah. He also picked up bottles afterward when he was a kid. Yeah, <laughs> he missed that on the pot a few weeks ago. Which Jared doesn't do anymore, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that yeah, was Jared, that was probably the highlight. Jared has some hot takes on this podcast. <laughs> you Let, think? Let's call him. Let's call him hot takes. Let's we'll call him takes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you though, kind of along those lines. You know, you mentioned like that MIS maybe would be your guys's peak. You know, Shy Town. Um, we know how it goes, you know, with this podcast, even we mm -hmm. will have jobs, you know, Ted's trying to retire, but you know, you, you can only put so much time into it. Kind of the same with, with you guys in Chi-Town. When you play a place like MIS, when you go to Pittsburgh and you play Frankenmuth and all those other places, do you guys ever have conversations of like, what if we go like full time at this and like you quit as a teacher, you know, <laughs> don't, you know, everyone go full time. Is there ever a conversation like that? Or are you guys kind of cool with where you're at? No, we're super, we're cool with kind of taking the band as big as we can while keeping our 
our normal day jobs, our normal, you know, day-to-day living. Like, you know, the two guys in, in the band, they work for IPS, which is a propane uh, company out of Byron. I mean, they're, they service like all of the Midwest, honestly, and mm-hmm. down into Florida and, and Texas and all those places. So, I mean, they're busy too. They got full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, our guitar player, he's like a full-time HVAC uh, consultant. Like he's down traveling all the time too. And then um, our bass player, Troy, he works for Baker um, doing a bunch of different stuff for them. So we all have pretty busy day jobs, but we can, we usually can find, you know, one day a week or one day every other week to get together and then show days, you know, we block off that weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the question that was asked of me before, you know, did I ever want to go into uh, broadcasting full time as a profession? Sure. I would have loved to, but you know, you got to do a lot to make a career and make the kind of money that I was able to make, you know, <laughs> in my real job. So I get it. Right. And, and you know, there's nothing wrong with it because you guys have your own niche. Like I talked about with Chi town and you're, you're definitely, one of the more popular bands in mid Michigan and maybe one of the more popular uh, country bands, probably in the state, I would guess, you know? Yeah. I mean, we like not to, you know, toot our own horn or whatever, but our uh, Glenn, our um, one of our singers, he kind of does the booking for us. His phone rings nonstop. Like he, if we wanted to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every, every weekend week. of every year, we could not really something we're interested in at this time right now, but like, you know, we, we appreciate that. We have that kind of connection with people. Yeah. Very cool. Well, stick with us. Well, before we send you out of here, we're going to wrap up this uh, prep spotlight once again, brought to you by Jacobs insurance agency with a look at the the games from last weekend. We had a wild start to the season with the weather uh, situation, tornadoes rolling in all kinds of crazy weather Thursday night, even had a delay in the Owasso game on Friday, but, uh, you know, you're going to be starting out up at uh, new Lothrop and, uh, they picked up a very impressive win over Muskegon Catholic 34 to 20 Clint Galvis, uh, you know, just an outstanding coach. You're going to love talking to him as you go along, uh, just a, off to another great start. Yeah. The, the train keeps rolling for new Lothrop. It's kind of all you can say. <laughs> they just win. You know, we talk, oh, go ahead. No, I just have, so I have something. I know you're going to roll into Corona and some other and in some other schools. Yeah. I just have kind of an overarching topic that I'm wondering what you guys think. Um, so the big thing that a lot of schools do on this opening weekend every year is they'll play kind of a neutral site game. Uh, a lot of teams play at Lawrence Tech. A lot of teams play at um, drawing big a blow on the, uh, the big house. That's the big one. Atwood uh, Stadium. Atwood, right? And I couldn't help but notice. So Northville, the Mustangs pick up maybe their biggest win in school history. They beat. Um, Clarkston, who just last year made it all the way to the semifinals. They beat them in the biggest game in school history, and I just can't help but feel, think that it's a missed opportunity that they didn't play this game at Northville High School and on a Friday night in front of the entire hometown where they had to travel all the way to Ann Arbor. Mm. And you just and it's, they probably brought a decent crowd, but you just look around at the highlights of it, and it's, so there's nobody there. It's the big house. They're obviously not going to fill it. Mm-hmm. So I, just, I hate these neutral site games, but I have a feeling that, as you guys were laughing about my takes earlier, I have a feeling that I'm kind of in the minority on that. What do you guys think? Are you, Matt, you're kind of the, the big Michigan fan, so I think you might love this idea of playing a game at the big house. What do you I think? I mean, you know, if I could have had the opportunity as a high school football player to play at the big house, I would say that would have been really cool. But I'm definitely with you to think about what you just described for that high school, that community, to be able to see that win on their field. Um, that would have been really cool. I think of it, too, as like, you know, all the college matchups. I'm definitely kind of out on the neutral games in college 
because you know think about you know a while ago yeah michigan got blown out but when they played alabama with you know when they had denard robinson at jerry world you know where the cowboys play yeah michigan got blown out but that would have been really cool to either have alabama come up to the big house or for michigan to go to tuscaloosa and play you know at alabama's right. field that would have been really cool so some of these neutral field games i just think yeah you're losing that feeling of on campus or for high school you know for that community now like this this coming up weekend uh north carolina south carolina they're playing at bank of america stadium where the panthers play that's a little different because you know mm-hmm. north carolina south carolina is so close that actually is kind of cool for them so it'd be like if michigan and michigan state played at ford field you know you right. know that's not as big of a deal but i'm definitely with you i'm kind of out on the neutral field thing now again as a high schooler it'd probably be pretty cool to play at the big house yeah, kind of the same way. I mean, if I was a player and had the opportunity to play at someplace like Michigan or at Michigan State, I'm all in. But for the fans, I, I agree with you. There's nothing like being on your home field underneath the lights, man. It's just it's just awesome. You know, we've talked about that before. Hey, you know, being Corona graduates, we all played football at Corona, the three of us anyway. And, you know, we've hyped them. Hopefully we haven't hyped them too much. <laughs> some people might think so. Some, but, some uh, have told me that. Some have told me that, but uh, <laughs> which is because we're such big fans and we're all Corona loves, like you said. Yeah, we're not going to deny it for sure. But they jumped out to a nice 40 to nothing win over Fowlerville. Three quarters, you know, they, they called off the fourth quarter because of, of the weather. And, you know, we've talked about it before. We're looking forward to watching them. And I'm sure you're looking forward to calling their games, Casey. Yeah, those are like, I mean – we were talking about it on the air the other day, but like we have, I think nine, yeah, nine regular season, really good games. And then into the playoffs, but those Corona games are the three ones that I'm kind of most looking forward to. Cause you know, it's getting to the point where a lot of those kids that are playing, I had in class. Right. So it's kind of cool being able to see them actually, you know, compete and, uh, and, Play on the football and you'll field. know the names, which is nice. You don't really yeah. want to study as much as, as you would other games. That helps. That yeah. helps a lot. It really does. And you know? it's the it's yeah. the energy thing too. I mean, we've talked about it like, you know, with with Shep who who's calling, you know, the Tigers right now for Bally Sports. And, you know, not to get into that whole topic, but we've said part of maybe his criticism is that the Tigers have just kind of stunk for the last few years. So it's kind of hard as the play by play to really get into it when your team is 150 games under 500 or whatever. Now, you know, you go to Nick and East field and you've got a legitimate, I mean, a legitimate state title contender with Corona. There's going to be some extra energy. And then, yeah, you know, the kids and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that adds to it. That's really cool. Yeah, for sure. Well, some of the other games just uh, touch upon them. Langsburg with a big win over Duran, you know, Langsburg's uh, starting quarterback, who's a, an outstanding athlete, Ty Randall out for the year. So they've downed the railroaders out of the gate just to start the season without him. Chesanine lost by four to Bath, 26-22. But I'll end this segment here with uh, Owasso. The, the Trojans downed Eaton Rapids 48-12, to running clock. Uh, you got a chance to see him in the second half, Casey. Uh, you know, my perspective is this is definitely going to be a much improved team that Ron Tyner looks like that maybe he can build upon something there. Their line looks solid. They have good skill players. You know, it, it's still going to be tough in the Flint Metro for sure. But uh, he's taken a step forward. And like he said last year, he considers that not his first year, not year one. That was year zero. Just taking over the reins, getting to know the kids. And this is really his first year now that he has the program going. And I see good things for Owasso. Yeah, yeah I mean, they can go fat. Yeah, so, yeah, I, 
I mean, from everything I was listening to your guys' broadcast on both uh, Thursday and Friday, um, the number one thing, and I think the biggest reason why they've had this turnaround, and you kind of buried the lead, Ted, is the new helmets. They got yeah. rid of the Clipart Trojan. Now yeah. they bring in the, the Owasso script. Not the sharpest looking helmet, but it's uh, infinitely better than what it has been the last five or six years. So it just in that sense, I think this is already a program on the rise. There you go. Yeah, you can definitely tell just like when three or four of those guys get the ball, they just move a little bit different than mm-hmm. Awasa really has in the past. Yeah. Right. Well, That's it's going to be a fun. They, they just need, they need to build the program. I mean, they need to get some positivity going. That that program was kind of in the dumps for a little bit. So oh, they just it. need to get some get some positivity going. Yeah, their last decade has definitely been on the on the bottom end. So steps forward and I think they've made that right move with the coach they have now looks like the players are buying into it and that's that's what it's all about you know and you yeah. just stick with it and keep rolling for the next couple of years till you develop that program well Casey we're looking forward to uh your uh play-by-play debut coming up Thursday night uh Chesanine at New Lothrop appreciate you joining us here on three-point podcast in the prep spotlight and uh, the best of luck to you and if you ever have any questions give me a holler but i'm not going to be offering too much advice <laughs> and, and if you want only if you ask for it and if you want a good laugh you should listen to my one and only play-by-play debut on z925 the castle it's actually chestening versus new lothrop about 60 to zero after the first quarter that's the worst <laughs> play-by-play that's ever been done on those airwaves so you can't be any worse than that so for whatever <laughs> well thank you i appreciate you guys for having me all right casey we'll see you later Dr. Ashraf Albana will be again hosting a Monday walk-in clinic to evaluate orthopedic sports injuries for youngsters and high school athletes. Certified physician assistant Tara Rakoski and certified athletic trainer Alan Getzinger will also be assisting Dr. Albana. The clinic will be on the second floor of the NOW building at the campus of Memorial Healthcare in Owasso. The clinic allows for x-rays to be taken and reviewed, access to an advanced 3T MRI, CT scan, or further imaging. The clinic will be held every Monday through October 16th from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. For more information, call 989-541-BONE or visit memorialhealthcare.org. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Good stuff there with Casey. I'm looking really forward to him uh, doing this season and many, many seasons beyond it. It's really kind of cool to to keep it in the family. You know, I've been doing it for almost 40 years. He's my nephew. Jared's my nephew. It's kind of kind of interesting to be able to keep it in the family. I'm looking forward to Casey doing a great job. But let's move on and talk a little sports. And we got uh, we got college football week one now coming up. We had week zero behind us. You know, a couple blah blah games. Notre Dame and and Navy in Ireland, that was kind of cool to see a little bit of it, but uh, it's for real now. You know, Central Michigan at Michigan State Friday night at 7, East Carolina at the Big House Saturday. I'm holding off till Friday, and then I'm signing up for Peacock for at least a month, and then we'll go from there. But what do you guys think, starting out the season now? You know what? I This is a side note. I'm kind of surprised you don't already have Peacock, but I bet once you sign up, you know, I, I know you, probably you're probably, probably, probably going to click around and be like, Ooh, I haven't watched this series or, Ooh, I haven't watched this. And I'm not, saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying five ninety nine a month is nothing. I'm not saying that, but you know, only not being, 
it's not too bad because there are going to be like I think Michigan State Washington is going to be on the Peacock app. Yep. Um, I think Penn State. I think Penn State has a game or two that are decent. So there's going to be some other games on there too. So it it might be worth keeping, you know, for and basketball. There's going to be Big Ten basketball games on there too. So. To be honest, Matt, I'll probably keep it. You know, right. <laughs> probably keep it. Just turn it into your budget, your whole big old TV package yeah. budget, yep. but. Anyway, yeah, it will be kind of different that some of that stuff changing a lot of the streaming that's going on with football season this year. But but yeah, we're heading. I mean, college football's here. We week zero was last week. We it, it was funny at work. You know, we it was full on back to a college football Saturday at work and kind of similar to what we talked about with school starting or football, you know, whatever. It's always funny when that happens because it's like boom, all of a sudden we're back to fall football. Yeah. And it's it's at work kind of, you know, same with you too, Jared. It's like full on football season now. So, um, but I'm excited because, you know, Michigan, you know, they're, they're preseason ranked number two. Um, obviously there's a, quite a bit of drama with Jim Harbaugh and the whole coaching stuff. And he's suspended for the first few games and they're kind of rotating through some head coaches and stuff. So there, there's just some drama there or whatever, but honestly, this is the, I mean, we're not saying anything groundbreaking here. This is the most talented team that Michigan has had, at least under the Harbaugh regime 100%. and there, there's no reason that they should not be right back in the playoff they've got everything in front of them yeah they've got a tough schedule they've got michigan state you know any slanting ohio state's coming to the big house they've got penn state you know but other than those games you know some some other teams nebraska you know some other teams might sneak up on them but everything's right there for michigan to be right back in the playoff i don't know about you guys though I, i'm you i gotta like try and keep my excitement down because we know what happens with Michigan football. Mm-hmm. I mean, beating Ohio State is just hard in general. Michigan State, even if they're down, is always going to be a tough game. And then Michigan traditionally usually slips up against an Illinois or, you know, a Nebraska or something like that. And the last two years have almost just gone right. Yeah, they, they lost to Michigan State a couple years ago. But, you know, everything else went right. I just have a feeling that something's going to happen this year to, to screw up this season. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not. I, I, maybe that's me being like, you know, skeptical or whatever, but everything's right there for Michigan to be right back in the playoff. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. I, for whatever reason, I have like a bad feeling in my stomach heading into this year. I, it, because of all the reasons you rate out, You every everything fell right the last two years. Injuries, um, those make or break games against Nebraska where Martinez fumbled it out of nowhere mm-hmm. and right. we won that game. Last year, it takes a Jake Moody boot as basically as time expires to to be uh, Illinois. I, right. I just I have a hard time getting myself to that college football playoff, and, and yeah. without looking at each of these games along the way, because it's it's hard to kind of plan it out when you know that at some point they are going to slip up. Maybe they'll be lucky like they have the last two years, find a way to win those games. That's the that's where a guy like JJ McCarthy, you know, kind of in his penultimate year, like let's see what he has, what type of leadership he has. It's just hard for me to get rallied behind this season, knowing that at the end of the day, there's a Georgia waiting for you. Or if it's not Georgia, it's it's Alabama. <laughs> or if it's not Alabama, it's LSU. <laughs> when what we saw last year against TCU, and I know I've harped on it a million times, it's just hard for me to, to sweep it under the rug. Just I don't know if it's ever going to align as perfectly as it did last year, like it will for Michigan, in that college football, te- college football playoff with who's going to be waiting for them. Every year we see two SEC teams there. Last year was the only year it wasn't. We saw a Georgia team that was in some way beatable. Uh, Ohio State nearly had them, and they just they couldn't do it. I, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling right now. But basically what I'm saying is 
it's hard for me to, to get excited about this game coming up this weekend. Will I watch it? 100%. Will I subscribe to Peacock? <laughs> yes. But it's just hard for me to get super-duper excited like a lot of Michigan fans are when I saw what happened last year at the end of the right. year. It's just hard for me to get around that. Yeah, once you get a few games under the belt, I think you'll you'll get it back, I think, you know. We'll see. We'll see. But, you know, they start off against East Carolina. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, you know, say this is an absolute gimme, but it should be. But you know, I mean, it, it, look at how Harbaugh handled the the naming of the the new head coach. It's right. a mockery. It's hilarious. Yes. it's hilarious how much how much of a joke he made out of naming his his uh, successor or whatever you want to name it for these three games. He's got I mean, four he, of he them, right? In, he brings <laughs> yeah. in his ninety year old dad as an assistant coach, <laughs> and this little like Photoshop they posted of him smiling. It looks just <laughs> like Harbaugh. It's just the it's the funniest thing. And, and you you guys can't lie. There would be some part of you if they lost one of these games. Like you'd almost be like kind of laughing at it, like just the 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 way they handled it, the basically no real thought behind who's going to coach what. It almost seems like nobody's really kind of the head coach during these games. Uh, so it kind of makes me a little bit nervous knowing that if we did lose, it maybe break the entire program for the for the rest of my lifetime. <laughs> but it's still funny to see how Harbaugh just kind of sticks it to the NCA in that right. sense. And and I'll just say this real quick about that suspension. I loved what he had to say uh, at his press at his first press conference since this all went down. Basically saying, like, for six entire minutes off the t- off the very top before he even got asked the question, basically saying how the NCAA is 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 sucks. It needs to be gone. Ted, yep. you actually said that on your radio broadcast on Friday night. Yep. The NCAA needs to be gone. It does. They they've blown this entire thing. I mean, you think about NIL and how for like 15, 20 years we've been saying they need to pay these guys, right? And the NCAA would not budge until they literally had to budge. And now they have no guide rails, no rules, no regulations. Whereas if they would have just maybe, you know, whatever, 10 years ago, done a small little, you know, like say, hey, we're going to give you guys $10,000 to do this uh, or whatever that number might have been. We could have avoided this entire thing where players are now getting $3 million, uh, and there's no way for it to be divvied up amongst all the players, which is what Jim Harwell was bitching about. So there's no revenue share for these players. Yeah. So with all that being said, let's get back to football. I just thought it was funny that he – Basically, he just went out and just ripped the entire NCAA. And one note I will make on that press conference that made me very nervous. I know we don't want to talk about this heading into a season that hasn't even started yet. Uh, but basically, they asked him, how was it conveyed to you that you were going to take a three-game uh, suspension at the start of the year? He said, quote-unquote, don't want to go into how it was conveyed, but it was conveyed, and I respect his decision, Harbaugh said. I've heard people comment on it's a slap on the wrist. To me, it's more like a baseball bat to the kneecaps or the shoulder. So what this tells me is, again, Ward Manuel basically doing yeah. everything in his power to piss off Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. And which I think this was a smart move. I mean, you look ahead to next year. Now they, they're most likely going to take a one-game suspension at the start of the year, and Harbaugh will be there for Texas. Um, so I think it was a smart move to take the suspension. But, again, it's Ward Manuel just pushing and prodding Jim Harbaugh like he's a sleeping bear, just almost getting him ready to leave. And I just hate that. So what do you guys think, one, on let's get back to Michigan, but in terms of off the field and this whole suspension and how it was handled, what did you make of that? I mean, I, I think everything you said I'm, I agree with. I think they they needed to do something to try and, like, move on from it because if they didn't do the self-imposed suspension, then it was literally going to just drag on with the NCAA, which it, it still may for a little bit. But they needed to do something. Suspension, boom, three games, move on from it. Clearly, Harbaugh and – I'm sure he's basically the main one who made the decisions for head coach is giving a middle finger to the NCAA because I think there's a legitimate, he's trying to give all of these guys a chance to be a head coach because if they want to be a head coach, they'll be able to say, look at my tape 
in game one. Look at my tape in, you know, this game two where I was the acting head coach for Michigan. You know, I think he's given these guys an opportunity, but right, making his dad a special assistant coach for that third game for like the second half or, you know, whatever it is, is clear. You know, obviously his dad did coach for, you know, a long time in his career. Oh, yeah, he's legit. He's legit. He's legit, but he's 80 years old. He's not giving them anything of substance on those sidelines, man. So, right, that, that's definitely a little bit of a middle finger to the NCAA. It and then is. when he opens up his press conference, like you said, with everything he said was spot on, but it's clearly him saying, I, I like, I can't stand the NCAA. Get, get this NCAA organization out of here. And everything he said was right, though, because he's talking about how much money the networks, the TV networks, the schools, the conferences, everyone makes. Share that money. Millions and billions of dollars off of these athletes, basically. And then when you have other coaches who are making $100 million and they're complaining about not enough money for NIL and all that other kind of stuff, it's clearly just a messed up system. It's just, you know, one school can do this, other school can do this. It's just really backwards and messed up and, you know, just a mess. Yeah. And I worry a little bit about the whole Ward Manual, Jim Harbaugh thing. I've, I've Seems like they don't get along. <laughs> right. And I know. I think they did originally, but nah, I don't think so. They don't see eye to eye anymore. And I, yeah. like I said, last podcast or the one before that, Ward Manuel, if he was in Jim Harbaugh's corner, he'd be bad, bad, battling his ass off with the NCAA, with the other athletic directors to say, the NCAA needs to get out of here. Because I, right. I can't stand the NCAA and what they've done to college football either. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. And we know they're living on borrowed time. They're not going to survive. It's going to be the, the football powers that are going to dictate everything. And, and we'll see what happens. But I am a little concerned about the Manuel Harbaugh situation. And, you know, the, the NFL is right around the corner. So yeah. we, we talked about the kind of how they could slip up. I'm going to throw a few games out to you guys. You guys tell me which of these kind of makes you the most nervous. So the real true first true test we have is at Nebraska, September 30th, which is week five. That worries That's, me a that little bit. Tough. Week after that, you have at Minnesota. And then this is the one that I kind of have circled. Is, is And it's at home, which is the only reason that kind of makes me a little bit less apprehensive about it. But Purdue at Michigan, November 4th. I think one of those three games, man, are, are going to be one of those where you, you all of a sudden you flip on your TV – it's, you know, third quarter and Michigan's down by like three points. Mm-hmm. It's just, I worry about those three games, especially, but of those three, which will you, which one of you, you guys uh, worry about the most? Is Nebraska, Nebraska the first road game other than Rutgers? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that's, that is the very first road game period. Okay. That worries me. Yeah. Cause they, Rutgers is at home. So yeah, they go on the road and, you know, Matt rule at, at Nebraska, obviously it's his first year. So, you know, what does that roster look like? I guess we'll see. But he is a good good college coach. He wasn't good in the NFL, but really good college coach. So, you know, what is Nebraska going to be like? And, right. and right, Nebraska doesn't like Michigan. Michigan doesn't like Nebraska either. But that it's kind of like a weird rivalry a little bit. Um, Purdue is always kind of weird. They're a little bit of a fluky offense, you know, kind of kind of hard to probably scheme against. I think it helps that Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator for Michigan, you know, he got to see them in the Big Ten championship game last year. So, I mean, they're basically going to be running the same offense. So maybe Your that quarterback. helps a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, right, Purdue, you know, they, what, three years ago or whenever it was, three, four years ago, they went out and beat Ohio State and almost ruined Ohio State season. So Purdue always seems to have those kind of upsets with them. Um, yeah. Honestly, man, to me, it's it's Michigan State. And <laughs> some, some of my friends, like, you know, they just roll their eyes at me. But I'm like, I am – 
after trouble with the snap, and I've probably said it on this podcast, I am never believing that Michigan is beating Michigan State until the clock's hit zero and yeah. they have more points than Michigan State, especially any slanting. And you know Mel Tucker is going to want to, and, and the whole Michigan State program, if Michigan happens to be undefeated at that point, they want nothing more than to ruin Michigan's dream season. Put Night JJ game, prime out. time. Right, it's going to be prime time. I mean, that game always is, and who knows what the weather is going to be like. That's always an issue at that time of year. So that's always the one. Get past them. You know, Penn State, I think that's always like a flip of the coin. You know, Penn State is, you know, pretty good. But Michigan State, that's always the one to me that I'm like, just get by them. Just beat them. Do not let Michigan State ruin your dream season. Hey, before we end this segment, what about Michigan State? I mean, I... To tell you the truth, we know how loaded Michigan is, but there's a lot of question marks with the Spartans. I mean, their quarterback is now the starting quarterback for Auburn. I mean, well, what? There's some question marks. What do you think, Jared? <laughs> yeah, it's uh. So what's funny to me about this whole Michigan State thing, and Mel Tucker's actually getting a lot of shit right now from alumni and fans, basically because what he said was, uh, so in an interview with Graham Couch, local guy, basically mm-hmm. he said it just boggles my mind how there can be an expectation to compete at the highest level but not be at the highest level in other, in other areas. I just don't know how that happens. You've got teams in the conference spending 12 to 13 million on NIL. We're not even close to that. Hmm. Dude, I'm so sick of this guy. I, I, I hate to say I was right. And we had some moments of doubt. I mean, we all remember the, the 2021 game against Michigan where it's the biggest game in both programs histories, basically it felt like at the time. Uh, and we lost that game, but what is going on with Mel Tucker, man? And the funniest part about this is when he got hired, he said something along the lines, and I'm kind of I'm paraphrasing. Basically, I got everything I need here. Everything you need to compete at the national level is here. And guess what he wasn't saying in 2021? Oh, I don't have the resources to compete at the highest level. <laughs> he was brought in as this kind of master recruiter. And I just I laughed at this because I, I haven't been up to date on this, I'll be honest. I looked it up. They're 52nd in recruiting in this upcoming, upcoming class in the country. I mean, not only is, was this guy the quote-unquote defensive guru, coming from Colorado and his defense is horrendous even the years <laughs> they were good they were horrendous but now it's like the recruiting the the pit bulls the Ferraris you know the cigars clearly that's not working either I really think Michigan State has a serious 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 issue uh with their head coach oh and by the way he's like maybe top five top six highest paid guy in the entire league in the entire nation it's a big time problem what do you guys think and, and the funniest thing about it all with all that I just said over under for wins this year, five and a half. I mean, dear God, that's not good. Vegas knows more than any of us. I think we were all going to say, oh, they won seven games. They won eight games, five and a half. And, oh, by the way, the majority of the money is getting bet on the under. So mm-hmm. it's not looking good in East Lansing. That's that's for damn sure. But what do you guys make of the NIL comments? It, honestly, to me, it's a bad look, whether it is Jim Harbaugh, whether it's Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, whoever. Now, that's here's the thing. A lot of coaches do that. I mean, a week or two ago, Nick Saban was basically saying the same thing about Alabama's boosters. And, it, you know, to an extent, it's just kind of something stupid that coaches say a lot. You know, they might say, look at this school over here. They're doing this. Why can't we, you know, be up on par with them? I just always think it's a bad look whenever any coach says it. Mm-hmm. What makes it even worse to me is when Mel Tucker, and it's not because I'm not a Michigan State fan, but because when Nick Saban or Kirby Smart, Debo Sweeney, when those guys do it, they've won national titles. They're winning the SEC. They're winning the ACC all the time. Mel Tucker's not winning any games. He had a what looks like right now a fluke season when he had Kenneth Walker and as his running back. Otherwise, he's been under 500 his other two seasons You know, at Michigan State. 
And right, Vegas has them five and a half for wins. I mean, that's not a good look. If they don't make a bowl this year, that is not a good look. So when you're making $100 million, which he is, and they just got a brand new football facility that was on display everywhere. Michigan State has every resource they need. I mean, yes, you know, are they in the SEC, you know, getting some? No, but Michigan State has every resource that they need. So for him to come out and say that, it just – it looks very disingenuous, and when you're also going five and seven, it's a very bad look. Yeah, yeah, I can't really add much to that, guys. I mean, yeah, I think it's a five-win football team. I think Mel Tucker is going to be in trouble after this year, and his comments just made no sense to me at all. I mean, it's like setting you up to be a failure. I mean, just to me, you're, it's a built-in excuse, you know, that he doesn't have that money. Give me a break. Go out. And it's also like. I, I know Michigan State fans, they're still, you know, hopeful for him. And I, I get it, of course. You know, that's that's your head coach. But Harbaugh came in with a lot of the same type of stuff, doing music videos and mm-hmm. crazy recruiting stuff, you know, whatever. It just seems like Michigan State fans can't, like, under, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say it like that, but it seems like some people can't, like, see the difference in the two because Harbaugh was coming in with a pretty good coaching record. <laughs> He had turned a couple programs around in college, you know, San Diego State and Stanford. Bowl. He had coached in a Super Bowl, you know, did his whole thing with the 49ers. So he's coming in with a little bit of a better track record than what Mel Tucker is. And all of a sudden they pay Mel Tucker $100 million. I know people will say, like, that was a going rate. And, you know, he was going to maybe go to LSU. So we had to pay him that kind of money. It's just like, okay. But now you got him complaining about NIL money when they just opened a state-of-the-art football facility. So... Uh, and it's named after Tom Izzo, which rightfully so, but Tom, you know Izzo's, Tom Izzo's not complaining about any, you know, resources or whatever. So I don't know what to tell you, man. And you know what's funny about that, the big unveiling they just had of this, like, football center, is I literally had somebody who will remain unnamed message me who, you know, work closely with Eastern Michigan football, literally mm-hmm. said, this is exactly the setup we have at Eastern Michigan. <laughs> So I just thought it was hilarious how kids are all going like, wow, like putting their hands on their head and going, wow, when they're walking around this this uh, brand new facility. And it's like, no, this is just what every program has. But I found the quote that I was looking for with Tucker uh, from this is when he was very first hired, February 2020, 2020. The commitment is here. The resources are here. The want to, the leadership is here. Everything we need is right here now to get what we need to get done. If you can't recruit in Michigan, uh, let's see. And then he goes, da, da, da. If you can't recruit at Michigan State, you probably just can't recruit. So literally he's contradicted everything he said in the midst of all this. He's made a mockery of the, of Michigan state showing up at Madison square garden for games, wearing Gucci suits or whatever the hell he's been wearing, taking pictures with pit bulls, cigars, all that shit. I say all this knowing that he's probably going to beat Michigan. On that game. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but for what it's worth, it's hilarious to laugh about in the off season and just know that this is the silver lining or not of this entire season. If we do lose to if we do lose to Michigan state, is at least this guy's days are probably numbered. Uh, and it's just a fun storyline to follow as the season goes. Ted, you said at the very start, the quarterback that wasn't good enough for Michigan State is starting for Hugh Freeze at Auburn. So right. I don't, you tell me who doesn't know how to evaluate talent. Uh, I don't know, is. but it's been a really fun year, man. What do you guys think on the five and five and a half number? Doesn't it sound really low, though, with everything we've said? I don't – I mean, personally, I don't think so because they, they have a pretty tough schedule, like, yeah. you know, similar to Michigan's. And I think it's the, worst, it's the hardest in the country. They're or third toughest in the country. Right. Wow. And their roster just isn't good. They really don't even know who their quarterback is. You know, their offensive line is not very good. They, like you said, he was supposed to be a defensive backfield guru, and 
their pass their pass defense is pretty bad. JJ McCarthy really should light them up, but it really they should Michigan should run the ball all over them too. So that that game could turn ugly, but it's Michigan State. You never know. So I, I think what? it's right where it should be. To answer your I question, do. I think the yeah. five and a half is right where it should be. With all the negativity I've said about Michigan State, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Oh boy, they are going to beat Washington week three. I think for as as much as we've kind of clowned Michigan State, I think they are one of the most underrated teams in the country. I really do. I think they're going to get the six wins. I just I've never seen a Michigan State team really, really, really struggle in my lifetime, uh, and I just really think that no matter what, you can pencil in for six, seven wins every year. And I think Washington is the most overrated team maybe in all of college football. Michael Penix Jr. I just or Michael Penix the third. I really do think he's one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the entire country. And that's a game at home. Michigan State's gonna be two and zero heading into that game. You know, knock on wood. I know they're only a fourteen point favorite for CMU. They're gonna be a two. They're gonna be a. They're gonna be at home. They're gonna be two and zero. I really think it's everything's gonna be rowing in the right direction. I think they're gonna shock the world. They're gonna win that game. I really do think. Now, will that translate to the rest of the season? I'm not sure. But I think that game is gonna be a very very good game, and I really think Michigan State's gonna win it. Week three, mark it. They could, and they've maybe a little more under Mark D'Antonio, but they they seem to win win games like that quite a bit. Yeah. You know, are are they going to be doing it consistently with Mel Tucker? I guess yeah, we'll we'll find out. I think Penix could light them up. You know, there there's the potential there for that. But right, he did it last year. He did it last right. year. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I, I I don't think he's a bad quarterback at all. So I, I give oh, him I'm not saying credit. he's bad, but it's like you would think he's. I mean, we've seen this guy in the Big Ten for years and years. He went to Washington for one year in the Pac-12, right. and now you would think he's like the number one guy uh, heading into the NFL draft next year. I just don't understand that. Yeah, if he's healthy, he's he's up there. Speaking of quarterbacks, and I'm sorry I buried the lead on this. Last thing on Michigan, JJ McCarthy. <laughs> I have become anti-McCarthy. Oh, oh, no. Listen, what is the deal? He did nothing last year. Really did nothing. Really <laughs> good against Ohio State. Hit a couple wide-open throws. Uh, Cornelius Johnson, most famously. But listen, I, I don't understand how people are coming out and saying he's like a top-five quarterback in the country with the film we saw last year. People point to that TCU game as like he, he lit it up. I, I mean, am I crazy? He lost the game for Michigan last year. As a former quarterback and not some expert, I sucked, you know, a lot more than I was good. You know when you lose a game for your team. And that's what he did against TCU. Two pick sixes, completely swung the momentum. Yes, he played pretty well after that. Uh, but two pick sixes, a fumble. I mean, how can we look at that game and that film as the most recent thing we watch? And you just look at all the big big heads around the entire country. They're saying this guy is like on the Heisman watch. What, did, what am I missing? Can you guys answer that for me? What am I missing on this whole J.J. McCarthy storyline? Where between that game last year, the last time we saw him, and opening day this year, you would think he's going to be Tom Brady. I mean, I, I think maybe just pointing at the TCU game, those two pick sixes were per, very out of character. They were lo- the only pick sixes he threw all season. So, and he only had a couple other interceptions of the rest of the season. So it was very out of character for him to throw those two passes. And then for me, it was the way that he battled back. You know, some quarterbacks would have maybe folded. Right. But I mean, he was literally like, you know, the, the phrase, he put the team on his back. And really the only reason that they were back in the game was because of him. Because, I mean, you know, TCU was doing a pretty good job at stopping the run. You know, obviously Blake Horham wasn't in that game. So, um, I mean, really – that game and, and the Ohio State game, I guess, are the two that you try and look at and see, mm-hmm. like, this This is the ceiling. I'm, right. Not the pick sixes, but all the good stuff. This is what he really could be. You know, obviously, last year with Quorum and Edwards, which they're going to have this year, too, they're going to be run heavy. 
So, I mean, maybe they're going to try and throw it a little more this year. So we'll, we'll see a little more from him. Um, I just think it's, it's the, like the accurate or the, the athletic plays that he makes. We haven't seen from a Michigan quarterback in a little while, the throws on the run, the play action where he scrambles around and then throws, you know, down the sideline and stuff. He just, he makes a lot of throws that we hadn't seen from a Michigan quarterback in a little while. So, I mean, I'm, I'm bullish on him because (laughs) I'm a fan. I think that the ceiling is there for him, but right. We've got to see it. We got to see it. And I like him. I, maybe I, before you go 10, I just, I I like him, you know, so I don't want to say like, I don't like him. It's just, it's, you know, the thing where everybody starts liking something too much where you just like feel it in your nature. Like I, I I don't like it as much anymore. I kind of hate it. That's what happened to me with Mark Arthur. Right, right. You don't want to be a front runner because I, right. I will go. I will go along with the experts. No offense, Jared, but I'm going to go along with most of the national experts. I think you throw out the TCU game anyway. Just overall for Michigan, just wasn't a great performance. But Matt, you hit it right on the head. He could have folded and he didn't, and he came back and they didn't lose the the game at the end because of him. That's for sure. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited about Michigan football for sure. And I'm excited about Lions football. I think we've talked enough, though. We'll get more into that uh, after that Kansas City game. I do want to, before we wrap up and maybe have a short entertainment, uh, the Tigers. You know, we probably won't talk about the Tigers much more because baseball is winding down. We're going to be heavy on football. But these four young kids they got, especially Parker Meadows coming up now big. I mean, you got four players that you can have in that lineup to build upon that are young and that pitching staff can come along. I, I don't know if they're going to hit your win totally predicted this year, Jared. It's going to be close, but I think this is a team that's definitely on the upswing and they're going to be fun to watch the next few years, I think. And, and Hinch is the right manager. I've seen enough is, of him. I like the way he operates. Yep. This is exactly what they needed. We, we, we knew they weren't going to be good this year. I know they kind of teased us a little bit at the beginning of the season, but they needed, we've been saying it for a while. They've been need, they need to show whether it's free agents or, you know, whoever draft picks, you know, whatever, that there's something to build around. And because it's been a while since they've had that and they do, I mean, cause again, kind of similar to the whole JJ McCarthy and TCU game thing, you know, teams, they, they could kind of fold, you know, once the, they're out of the race by mid June, early June, they're, they're out of the playoffs, but you know, these, these guys, Parker Meadows coming out, coming up, taking advantage of his opportunity, Riley Green coming back from his injury and looking like he probably could have been an all-star if he would have stayed healthy. You know, Torkelson has actually, I know I've, I've been very critical of him. He's actually looked like he's figured something out, you know, so same with him. He, he could have listened to all the criticism and basically called it a career, you know, and he's, he's turned it around. Um, You know, they've, they've got some pieces we know Miguel Cabrera's contract is going to be off the books. They're stuck with Baez, you know, whatever he is, who he is, Jared's favorite player. <laughs> but they've got some young pieces. The biggest thing, they need some of the pitching to turn into, yeah. you know, some legitimate, you know, starting pitching right. that you can count on. Are, are they going to have Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer, you know, like they did back in the day? Probably not right away, but they need some consistent pitching. But they've, like, like you said, Ted, that's a long way to say it's, this is legitimately exciting. Because these players are now two, three, four, five years into their career. They're not rookies coming out of college. These are guys going into the prime of their career. So they're, they've got something to build on and they've got the manager, like you said. Yeah. It's been, it's been awesome to watch. I have, like you said, they are coming. I, I need them to get to 70 wins to hit the over under win total. 
from the start of the year, which if you guys remember, I was very bullish on this team. Uh, we're finally starting to see a little bit of that. You know, yeah, the fun, the excitement, the youth, Hinch being a great manager, like we've talked about. Um, I'll be honest, a lot of the relievers have, have developed in an area I never thought they would, but put that on Chris Fetter more than anything. Uh, it's been a fun year, man. You just hope it, it closes out with Miggy having his kind of last farewell mm-hmm. uh, coming up here very soon within a month. Uh, you just hope they kind of keep some of that juice heading into that very last weekend where where he's going to play his final game. Yeah, by the how way, cool too- was that? How, how cool was that to see him and Verlander face off too? That awesome. Was, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't see it live. Um, I kind of – I knew Verlander was starting. I kind of forgot to, to turn it on. But and I saw the clips on mine, obviously. That was really cool to see that. It, I'm, I'm so glad that I wasn't a fan in those days because you look at how loaded those teams were. And it's like and, – and, and then you you – realize that they never even won a world series never really even came really that close even in the world series they made it felt like they kind of got bludgeoned uh in both of them and you kind of describing this young core ted and how it's like they really started to turn a corner turn a corner but then you got matt saying well they're not gonna have matt uh, max scherzer and justin verlander on the on the staff and that's true and they didn't even win it when they had those guys right so it's just such a weird and hard sport uh i'm excited for them to maybe make a place make a push for the playoffs next year but uh it's hard to really get fully in on them. Well, it, and it was cool to see the Cabrera Verlander thing, and but I am I am excited, cautiously optimistic on the Tigers in the future. You know, we didn't even talk about Kerry Carpenter, man. He, right. He's he he's the real deal, so he fits right yeah. in. All right, well, let's. Uh, oh, fi- one final baseball thought. How about the end of that uh, Little League World <laughs> Series? Huh? Wasn't that uh, unreal? That that swing was as good as Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, it, 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 you you saw that swing, you go, oh, this is over. It was unreal. Yeah. <laughs> Little it's League got- World Series is is one of those events. We've talked about it with other events, whether it's Super Bowl, Masters, you know, whatever. It always delivers. It's always yep. fun. Yeah, you don't necessarily get a walk off every time, but right. the Little League World Series is always fun. And I mean, we used to do a lot of the games from our office here in Charlotte. We do a lot of the early ones. They're always fun games to work on because mm-hmm. the energy is there. Oh, and yeah. The kids are having fun. The parents are having fun. They're, you know, the just so much positivity and stuff like that. You know, the, the, the kids love playing with each other and everything. So Little League World Series. And and I think we, we posted on Facebook and stuff. The Tigers are going to be playing at the Little League World yeah. Series next year against the Yankees. That'll be really cool. So. It'd be Love cool to event. watch, but I, as far as fans go, you can't really go watch that game in person, can you? Is it just for yeah. like the little league players? I mean, I, how big is that stadium? You can, but it's very limited. I think it's only like eight thousand people. That's what I thought. So yeah. I mean, it, it does end up being mostly family, right? You know, but you you could try and get tickets, I guess. What cracks me up about the 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 little league World series and especially that ending is like the announcers are setting it up like this guy's hit like five home runs right <laughs> sure enough when you go five seconds later a meatball right over and you see the catcher setting up on the outside of the plate and it's just a missed throw goes right over the plate hammers at a mile uh so just a, you love those moments man but what a you you're not kidding ted i mean just a perfect picture perfect swing just a missile off the bat and what a moment i mean curacao was a great great team Anytime it's not Japan that makes it out of the international yeah. pool, you know it's a damn good team. So just an awesome Little League World Series. It's the best time of year every year. Perfect lead into football. It sure is. And it's one of those bucket list items that at least I have crossed off my list. I've been to the Little League World Series, and oh, it's, yeah. it's all it's cut out to be. It's it's something to see for sure. It would be really cool to go to. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we uh, as we always do, we seem to uh, – go a little longer than we anticipate so let's do a real short entertainment tonight right after this 
Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services is the official and exclusive realtor and broker for Three Point Podcast. Corey and her team have been providing personal, exemplary service and real estate sales since 2004. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services are total professionals helping you sell your current house or buying your dream home. Stop in at 216 West Exchange Street in Owasso, get info online at coreyshook.com, and follow on Facebook at Corey Shook Realtor for more details. If you are looking for honesty, ambition, and expertise, you're looking for Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. I, just, I got one thing I'm just going to throw out there. I mean, we, we can't really get into Swamp Kings or BS High. We can we can talk about it, but we haven't really seen it. Casey set us up on that, and I look forward to seeing that this next week. But Jared sent me a text that was very interesting. It was a video of Post Malone, a PBS special, where uh, it's called The Tiny Desk. And he sang, uh, I think, three or four songs, uh, you know, kind of unplugged. Yep. I got a question for you, Jared. Does it, are you out on Post Malone because I like him or is it kind of cool that he crosses all age groups? No, it's cool. I like, I, I love, I like Post Malone. I'll be honest. I don't love his new album, mm-hmm. but that NPR tiny desk, those are always so awesome, by the way, if you haven't watched those, uh, it's really cool listening to the original song and then listening to them do it with this, like, you know, instrumental brain. I don't know what the word is, Ted, you're the music guy. Like I said, unplugged. They used to unplugged. do it on MTV where they yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and no, it, it just kind of blew my mind. I thought he nailed those covers uh, or yeah. not covers, but those different versions. Uh, and I just thought it seemed like something right up your alley. So I just wanted to review of it. That's why I sent it to you. It was very good. And I, and I do like it when artists do a little different take on their own songs, you know, maybe a different arrangement. And that unplugged thing is a really cool way to do it. So kudos to uh, Post Malone. Now, guys, uh, how excited are we to see? bs high you know are, are you excited do you think it's going to be worth watching that's on hbo max right now well i, I mean, watched it i'll real quick I'll, i watched it i'll say my thoughts oh you for did okay yeah I'll, but but i figure maybe we can all do uh you know a recap next week so i'll save my thoughts for that sounds good um, but i thought it was a, it was a good doc what do you what do you think matt well yeah i haven't watched it yet i definitely i want to because i think we were all when that was actually happening the whole bishop sycamore school thing it was just so like mind-boggling what the heck was going on so it'll be cool to see some behind the scenes because i really hope that they actually show some of the behind the scenes what actually happened how they ended up on espn how they got all these kids all that kind of stuff because kind of like what you were saying ted earlier the swamp kings documentary on netflix Basically, so no, I, you you ask, am I going to watch the Bishop Sycamore one? I have no interest in watching the Swamp Kings one because right. hearing all the reviews from all the people who did watch it, I don't know if either of you did. Nope. It is everything that, at least me personally, but it sounds like a lot of other people too, it, it was everything that people did not want it to be. Mm-hmm. From the sounds of it, it turned into just a fluff piece for Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow. And you know, no one needs that for Tim Tebow. He's like the most positive there's nothing bad you can say about that guy but urban meyer on the other hand why would you want to do something like a fluff piece on this guy if 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 we wanted to see a documentary about that era of florida football which jared you do you remember that era yeah, Were you a little I, I remember, young? 
Yeah, no, that's like my honestly that that 2006 because if you remember, it's Michigan versus Ohio State. Right. That was kind of the very first time I was cognizant of football and what I was watching was that 2006 season. Right. So that that era. So you remember Ted? You obviously do too. Oh, yeah. That was that was. I mean, we didn't like we don't we're not Florida fans, but that was a pretty awesome era of oh, college yeah. football. Mm-hmm. And for them not to go into you know some of the behind the scenes stuff with all the characters that they had on those teams. That's just, that's the stuff people wanted to hear. That's the stuff people wanted to hear. Not just, Hey, Urban Meyer, amazing coach. Hey, Tim Tebow, amazing quarterback. Yeah. We won a ton of games, couple national titles. It's like, it's another one of those untold, you know, people said like the title of the documentary is untold, but there it's all stuff that we already knew. So what, <laughs> like, what are you doing? It's kind of the same with the Johnny Manziel thing. Gold. Yeah, it was all right. But the Johnny Manziel stuff for the most part was all stuff we already knew. So like, I don't like, what are we doing here? Like kind of to that point, you know, you mentioned Michigan, Jared, they didn't even talk about Michigan beating Tim Tebow and urban Meyer in the, in the bowl game in 2007. So, I mean, that was probably an urban Meyer choice. One quick, (laughs) one, one more quick thing on that. So Paul, Paul Feinbaum was in that documentary. He was, you know, cause he's big in the sec and stuff. He, right. So he was he was in that documentary. He mentioned at work, people were people were asking him about it after it came out, and he said that because he wanted to go in on Urban Meyer and you know maybe offer some criticism and probably say some stuff. Every time he started to like get a little cross the line, I guess the producers would tell him to stop. We got to get back to the positivity. So even even that kind of stuff. I mean, so he flat out said that. That's what they told him. Wow. Yeah. you know what it's so it's so true it was propaganda that's what it was i watched the first two episodes of this thing i haven't watched the last two there's no need one it's four it's four parts but the johnny manzel gets the 45 minute treatment no kidding i mean maybe we could have had a little bit more meat on that bone uh and maybe a little bit less on this one it was it was they didn't get into anything from what i heard uh i mean i only watched the first two episodes but aaron hernandez gets mentioned one time i'm not saying you need to spend 45 minutes on that whole situation a lot of it unfolded you know, by the time he was out of those doors, but I, it's just, it's just was shit. It was. Yeah. And, and I, I like Urban Meyer, even through all the shit he's gone through. Like I, I still am like, I would go play for that guy. And my one positive part of this is he ran those programs like a military. Like you watch this footage of the, those first like couple of years that I went through, they're literally bringing out wrestling mats <laughs> and it's footage. It's, you can see it. And they bring out these wrestling mats and these kids are literally like wrestling to the death. And he's just talking about how it's like it was this this program was the hardest program you were ever going to play for, like and that's what I that's what I prided myself on. This is this is the toughest place to play in the entire nation, and so I of that part I loved it. But in terms of what we were kind of promised, which was, uh, you know, we're going to get this whole behind the scenes story of what actually happened with all the arrests and how it was kind of chaos behind the scenes, but they won games on Saturday nights. We didn't get any of that. Right. Uh, it just was a bummer. Yeah, well, I think we're I think we're finding out that the uh, Netflix and Untold, uh, you know, franchise doesn't quite keep up to Thirty for Thirty or HBO documentaries. You know, no. it's just it's it's third tier. So I might watch some of it, but it just depends on my schedule. There's going to be a lot of football games on the schedule coming up. So once once you sign up for Peacock, you're going to have a whole other library there to watch. Oh, so. oh yeah, I'm in on it. I'm in on it. <laughs> I will All say right. I I did quickly I did watch uh, the the Ken and Barbie documentary oh, on HBO. Oh yes. After, after after you talking about it, you know I, I I kept it in the back of my mind. I was like, man, I, I do want to watch this at some point. So recapping but, it for somebody just tuning in, I mean it's Ken and Barbie these these killers up in Canada, right? Yep. 
Okay. Yeah. So they're, you know, they, they got together that the guy already was a sicko. And then he, you know, basically linked up with this girl. They turned Ken and Barbie because they were two really attractive, you know, successful people. That's, that's where that comes from. But yeah, everything that unfolded with them and pretty, pretty wild stuff. And to think that, I mean, they, I mean, they're still, they kind of got, it seems like they got off a little easy, you know, for, for what they did, but pretty wild, crazy stuff. Well, did it live up to what I told you that, it was a mind blower to watch. Yeah. All that they, yeah. The whole yeah. time. I mean, I'm going into it with those expectations, but the whole time it is like, oh, oh my God, I just can't, I can't it's imagine not, not to give, you know, it, it's not like a spoiler alert type no. stuff, but so they record part, part of what got them in trouble was they recorded everything. Right. And, you know, they had everything on tape that they did and they played these tapes for the jurors. Right. And in the, in the courtroom, they're playing these tapes of this stuff happening to their victims. And I was telling my wife, like, I can't imagine, you know, civic duty or whatever you want to call it. We all got to do jury duty every once in a while. Can you imagine that you got selected for something like that? And they they interviewed one of the jurors and she said, like, it still haunts her to this day. PTSD. And, like, to, to think that you didn't just get selected for some like drunk driving thing and you know, whatever. Yeah. Guilty. Cool. Done. Oh, right. Forget about it. You get selected for something that literally is going to change your life. Potentially ruin your life because you have to watch these tapes. It's kind of, it would just be kind of crazy. Yeah, It's a shame that you almost can't be like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to do this. I do not want to do this. It is messed up, man. It really is. (laughs) Those people got screwed. Right. They really did. But it's somebody like Ted that is on this jury. You know, I love the true crime. I love this. Love that. And then it's like, oh, you really love it, huh? We're going to we're going to give you your own special dose um, yeah. right. on this tape. A little um, bit different. A little bit different. Yeah. yeah. Watching it on TV compared to sitting in a jury box and watching yeah. it. No way, baby. And I just I one last thing, Matt, because your story triggered a deep, dark memory that I've suppressed for years. Oh, no. Um, so you were telling the story about how when they were interviewing Feinbaum, they basically were like, as soon as he would go on a tangent, they would just cut, like, cut him off. So I remember going into my senior year of football, you know, right around this time of year. <laughs> like a season preview type interview the i don't remember who the reporter was came out and pulled me aside and like was interviewing me every question i would be answering it about 15 seconds in if i said something he didn't like he would just drop the mic just drop it and hold it (laughs) at his side but this happened like two or three times to the point where even me as a kid which you're just geeked up to be on tv like you just love it you can't wait to see yourself on the 30 seconds of the evening news i was like what do you want me to say what do you what do you want me to say man because like it literally would be like i'd be answering him and then if it's like something he didn't like he would drop his mic did it two or three times Whoa. so again there's not really much of a story there as much as it just was like how messed up was that really it's looking crazy. so was this a typical local you know guy with a camera on his shoulder holding up the microphone and then yeah. he just dropped and it just drop it <laughs> <laughs> like it was pretty cold blood. i mean my answers must have sucked man but it was pretty cold-blooded even me as like a high schooler just green around the gills it's like this is kind of messed up man but whatever we did it, we did the interview anyway and it went off without a hitch on the evening news that night but that's yeah, yeah. it all I got. They they found ten seconds of good content from you to to put in a, a bite. Just about on the, all it takes. Yeah, you know, that's funny. All right, guys. I think we've carried on enough. Good yep. podcast. Uh, this has been the Three Point Podcast presented by the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. Sign up for a membership. Get healthy. Sign up also for October twenty first. Go green. Go blue. Five k run walk. Also want to thank our local partners. They include AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency. 
Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Speaking of uh, uh, rivals, by the way, guys, I'm going to be popping in there Wednesday night. They're going to have a soft grand opening going over uh, their new menu and some other exciting things there. So I'll fill you in on that. Also, I want to thank Casey Smith of Z92.5 The Castle in Chi-Town for joining us. Uh, uh, keep in mind, he, he, his debut will be this Thursday night, August 31st, Chessening at New Lothrop in high school football here in mid-Michigan. That'll do it. Peace and love. Everybody be kind. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.